millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Welcome back to Behind the Business Curtain. I am your host, Ryan Hansen, and today we are joined by Chris Levy, the host of the podcast Everyday Wine with Chris Levy. He owns a website for wine sharing all around, good guy, entrepreneur. I look forward to this, and I hope you learn as much as I will. Chris, thank you for joining me, sir. How are you today? Good, doing well. Excited to be here. Uh, this is my my first one we've done through uh, through a guestio, I, I guess. So uh, I'm excited to to see how all these functionalities work, and um, it's been it's been cool to to try this out. Yeah, it's a it's a cool platform, and they actually just uh, launched 2.0 and all of that. Mm-hmm. It's fun fact: yeah. my day job is for Build Online, and we built it. So <laughs> if things don't work. Now you know who to yell at. So, love um, it, love it. Yeah, it's good. Um, I immediately saw your profile on there. I dug it. I too am a veteran, so I look forward to hearing your story and how you got into wine. Um, maybe let's start from before your wine company was a thing. Where were you? What were you doing? How'd you fall into it? Yeah. Um, so I, I guess we can kind of tell the the wine story first, but. Um, so I, uh, when I was originally stationed in uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado, um, I had just gotten back from a deployment to Afghanistan, and uh, my dad had business there mm-hmm. uh, in in Colorado Springs, and so he would come in and uh, he would take his employees out to out to dinner um, and give us a chance to you know hang out and spend time with each other, and I also get to meet his employees and everything. But we would we would go to dinner, and at the restaurants we would go to the the sommelier or the the uh, the waiter or whatever would bring out the wine list, um, and when they gave him the wine list, you know they would ask him like, "Hey, sir, would you know? Do you know what you want? Uh, what can we uh, can we help you like find something that you'd like for the table?" Yeah, and he would just like he'd look at the wine list and be like, "No, no, no! I know what I want. I want this wine. This is what we're all gonna have." And he just like did that with you know just an air of authority uh, that just like cemented in my mind, uh, you know, like what it's like to order wine. At, at the restaurant, like, you know, like a boss, uh, yes. like, you know what you're doing. And so and that, that just like early on, like planned this idea in my head that I need to know and understand wine. Like this is something that is going to be a life skill I need to have. That's a fascinating way of thinking of it. And I think you're absolutely right. Uh, not to make this about me. I'm an avid home brewer though. So I very much understand the brewing scene and beers and I can walk into any brewery and, <laughs> talk somebody through like, okay, what do you like? Let me help you pick something off the menu. 
and just, you know, knowing the process of how it's made, where it comes from gives, gives that authority that's there. So yeah, I made a course to teach people how to homebrew and waste all of their money for the rest of their life. So, um, yeah. Okay. So that was, you were still in the military. You decided this is what I want to do and like fall in love with this and you found a new passion. What then? Yeah. So, um, actually I'm, I'm actually still active duty. Oh, okay. Um, for, for those that don't know. Um, but, uh, so it's, I, I guess let's fast forward six years ago and I was kind of going through this existential crisis that everyone kind of goes through of, Hey, do I stay in? Do I get out? Like, what do I do? Um, and then the, the realization or the, uh, the solution I came to is I need to start a business. Yeah. Um, and so I, uh, I, I just saw it as the next challenge. I, I was, uh, I was looking for, you know, something more in my life. Um, I need, you know, I, I came to the realization that you can't get fulfillment from any one specific area in your life. Um, especially the military, like the military is a, a great part of my life and I love my job. I love what I do, but it's not everything. And I realized that things have expiration dates, mm-hmm. um, and you, you can't do anything for your entire life. And so I started kind of thinking about what will be next, uh, you know, beyond military service and, you know, and more so like what kind of legacy do I want to live or, or leave for, you know, beyond me and, um, having something like a business that, you know, kind of can stand the test of time. I mean, that's, that's a true testament in my mind. And so said, all right, let's, let's start a business. Uh, so start a business, um, had this idea that I thought was good in my mind. Um, probably not so much in the market's mind, uh, and just failed miserably for two years and, um, just had this, had this idea, like, I was like, all right, yeah, let's, let's give this a shot. And, uh, invested a lot of time, money and, and energy into trying to get this idea to work. And, uh, it never did. And, you know, that could have been, a you know, because I decided to give up or because the market fit wasn't right. But, um, bottom line, I, I didn't, I didn't have the skills I needed to be successful. And so, uh, after I'd reached that, that point, um, I spent the next two years kind of resetting, honing my craft, learning skill sets that I realized I needed to get like creating content and marketing and sales and, um, you know, uh, you know, identifying your niche and finding your avatar, uh, figuring out who you're going to sell to. And so I just went through this process of two years of, you know, re recreating, you know, myself in the process and, and what it is that I, you know, bring to the marketplace. Um, and then in 2020, I moved to California to start grad school. Uh, and when I got there, I was immediately just taken, I mean, I was already, you know, on the the path to doing something in wine. Yeah. Um, you know, there were other, you know, milestones I, we can talk about those if you want, but the, the kind of defining moment for me was when I moved to California and I, I got to spend, you know, spare moments in wine country. Um, and then, and then we went to COVID. Um, and we went, yeah, went into the pandemic, uh, which made me, it gave me this appetite to want to do something even more so, uh, and, and being in California, being around wine just kind of was that impetus for me to be able to try to force me to come up with something that I can do in wine. So yeah, I started this weekly happy hour, uh, where I would bring on local wineries in, in my area and across the West coast. And we even did some international brands and, um, my people would come on, you know, and, uh, that, that community started to grow and made me realize that, Hey, maybe I've got something here. And so, uh, it, after about 
five or six months, I was I was like, all right, this is awesome. Love what we're doing, but still isn't a business. How do we turn this into a business? Yeah. And so that's when I just woke up one day and said, all right, I just need to start a wine club. So that way, when people ask me every week, hey, Chris, what wines are we drinking? Or they ask me, hey, Chris, like, what do I pair with this? Like, what should I have with that? Uh, I can just tell them to join the club and then we can ship those wines straight to your door. So if I understand correctly, um, so, and I'll share all of the links to this site, folks can go to vinoshares.com slash clubs, and that's where they're going to find your club. And that's what you talk about on your podcast, right? Um, yeah. Is the, is the wines that are on there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, kind of, uh, uh, I guess to give you kind of a basic rundown of the club, uh, you've, we've, we've got two or three different tiers. Um, and you can see two of those tiers on, on that website, which is, uh, our red tier and our blue tier. So our blue tier, we select one white, one red every month. And that, that wine ships straight from the winery itself. So when you, you join the club, you're, uh, one, you're getting expert, you know, picked wines every month that I've tasted myself and I personally vouch for myself. Yeah. Um, that I know you're going to enjoy. Uh, and then you're also supporting the winery because the wine ships straight from them. You're not buying from a retailer. You're not buying, you know, from a distributor or anything like that. Uh, the wine's coming straight from the winery itself. And so, uh, that in combination with a big part of what we do is we give back to veteran and military charities. So, uh, part of, Every bottle that's that's purchased through the club, uh, you know, gives goes back to those charities that me and my people care about, um, which you know I'm really proud of. Um, cool. But that's kind of, kind of the low level stuff. But going back to the podcast, so yes, every month I bring on the winery. We showcase one winery a month, and so I bring on either the winemaker, the proprietor, the owner, um, just whatever whoever I can get and whoever I think is like this is going to be the, the best part of the story. Yeah, um, and that's what we really try to focus on is telling the story of the wine because the story is is really almost everything when when it comes to wine. Um, and it's it's just fascinating to hear the stuff that you hear, um, and to realize how wine has been a part of you know huge moments in history um, going back to be you know Roman times. Uh, so it's it's just really cool to to get that perspective and understand the kind of the context that goes into the, the wines and how they get created. And yeah. Um, and so we, we interview the wineries themselves. We also interview celebrities, tastemakers, sommeliers, you know, we'll probably do some chefs and uh, I'm here in Kansas city right now. So I've got a couple of barbecue places that are kind of known nationally. And I'd love to interview their, their pit masters and kind of talk about how, you know, wine and barbecue kind of go really well together. Yeah. Surprise. I know. I actually, I I've been, I've been trying to, figure out how to get some of the bigger breweries onto this show to talk about, especially the process of marketing a specific beer. Um, I don't know if you're in a craft beer or not, but things like Pliny the Elder is a wildly successful beer. Why? There's other great double IPAs, but it's the marketing behind it. And all of that is yeah. just super fascinating. So um, you mentioned content marketing. Obviously, that's what this podcast is. But for the for the listeners, like, can you just define what that is in your uh, business? What What are the things that you're doing? Yeah, I think uh, in my mind, at least, you know, content marketing is it's it's really educational marketing. Mm -hmm. It's you know uh, explaining to your potential customer that they have a problem. Um, and it's, it's helping them understand a lot of times, you know, people don't, or businesses, customers, they don't realize that they have a problem yeah. uh, until you explain it to them. And content marketing really helps you, helps you one, identify that problem to them. And then two, 
you know, either inspire them to take action, educate them to, you know, take action or, or entertain them to take action. Um, and, and those three things are kind of like the three pillars of, of content. And so, um, as you're doing those three things, uh, and you're really educating or, you know, you're informing the marketplace uh, of what's going on in, in that specific niche that you have, you know, that's how you inform your audience and that's how you convert them from just followers into, into sales. I completely agree. I, I, the only energy bills are rising at a historic rate and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Anything I would add is just establishing credibility as a yeah. expert mm-hmm. in your field. So, um, is let here, let me hop over into some of the, <laughs> I've just been curious. So I haven't even been sticking to my own questions. Um, so what are some barriers or bottlenecks that you're trying to work through now? Um, building an online business is open to pretty much anybody with a low barrier to entry, but that also means that it's saturated market. So what are some of the things that you're, you're trying to streamline the flow or the client process? Yeah. I mean, consistency is always going to be, um, a differentiator. You know, people are going to get in, they're going to launch these businesses. And so we've been doing this for a year now. Um, and there's, you know, other people that will go two, three, six months and then they'll just fizzle out. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just stick into the long game, know what you offer, and no matter, you know, what that roller coaster looks like, you know, no matter how low you go, how high you go, um, just keep going is, is the biggest, the biggest takeaway. But as far as bottlenecks, I think, um, you know, really ship shipping is the crux of the wine industry. That is yeah. the biggest challenge when it comes to wine and, and other, you know, parts of the alcohol industry. And so, uh, that's something that we're really cognizant of. Um, you know, we just had Kentucky and Alabama open up this year as far as being able to receive direct consumer shipments for wine. Uh, so that creates some possibilities. But uh, it's really managing the expectations of the customer yeah. is what you have to do to prevent those bottlenecks. And you do that by, you know, telling them beforehand, like, hey, this is these are the wines you're going to get this month. This is what they're going to cost. This is when you're going to get them. Oh, by the way, your wine has shipped out, you know, oh, by the way, the UPS made their second attempt. You better be there to get, you know, tomorrow. Otherwise it's coming back to me. Um, so just thinking through that, that customer journey will help you prevent all those bottlenecks. Yeah. I could see how that would be frustrating. It's true. Um, I know in California, it's still really hard to, to get things delivered normally and all of that. So anyway, Mm. uh, at least in the beer world. Um, seems like you've got to jump through 10,000 hoops to get some version of license to be able to do that. So I don't envy that. Um, so you kind of answered it already, but is there anything specific that you could automate to save yourself the time and money of all of those hassles? Um, you know, we've got most of the things automated that, uh, that we need to have right now. You know, the one thing that I would caution people to not automate is content. Um, you know, you got to make content as, as authentic and, 
uh, creative, you know, and unique as possible. Um, not to, not to seek attention necessarily, but to be genuine and honest in what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, that's, that would be the one area where I would not, you know, there's so many brands out there that, you know, have, these auto schedulers, like even podcasts, gosh, I get, I get so sick of them. The like episode 256, me and so-and-so we sat down to talk about the, it's, it's a robot, right? Yeah. People don't want to see that. Uh, people don't want to read that for everybody. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, you got to get really creative with your content. Um, and you can't do that by automating it. Sound advice. All right, Chris, is there any uh, parting advice for folks that you want to give them before we go off into the speed round and kind of wrap this up? Yeah, you know, just look at, don't look at where you're going, look at where you want to go. Um, and, you know, cast that, cast that wide vision for yourself and your organization and more so for your life. Um, and then yes. let the business dictate, you know, uh, or let the business enable you to get to that. Yeah. You know, that vision that you have for your life. Um, and, uh, just be really clear on how you define that. Uh, so that way you know what to say. Yes. You know what to say no to. Mm -hmm. I like the first time you said life. I thought you said wife. I was like, yes, make sure she's on board because <laughs> otherwise your life will be absolute misery. So, um, but you said life. Got it now. Okay. Um, so we've got our corny, uh, sound here. There you go. Uh, speed round. Uh, these are things that I ask every guest, and uh, it doesn't have to be fast answers, but um, what's one thing that business people and entrepreneurs should stop wasting time on? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, hmm, stop searching for the solution to the problem in your business because the reason why you're in business is because you, you're in business to solve problems. And so mm. if you keep searching for the solution, you, one, you're going to spend a shit ton of money on yes. absolutely nothing. Um, and two, you're not going to do what you are, which is be an entrepreneur. Mm. Um, and so you got to, before you outsource anything, you've got to do it yourself, put in the work. Um, and then once you get to the point where, all right, it makes sense to either bring on somebody to solve that problem for you, or outsource or, or however that, that looks like, uh, you know, do that, but, um, don't, yeah, don't try to, uh, you know, think that there's a solution out there for that specific problem. If you, ha if, if it, if it's just, you know, the only thing standing between you and that is just a pile of work. Yeah. Um, I completely agree. <laughs> I, and I do, I get caught up myself looking at these things and I'm like, Oh, if this thing could track those analytics for me, uh -huh. I, like I'll spend all day just looking at numbers and then realize yeah. I didn't call a single person. Yep. I am the sales department. There's nobody coming to save us or to bring a new lead. So me looking at metrics all day is a waste of time. Yep. I dig it. Um, all right. Next question. What's one thing that you hate doing that you have to do anyway? Oof. Great question. Um, LinkedIn is my answer every day to this question. I hate doing LinkedIn but I have to do it. <laughs> I love, I love networking. I love connecting, but for me, it's, um, it's writing our internal, uh, member email newsletter. Um, yeah. I just hate, I hate sitting down and like having to write that thing every month. Um, so I've, I've kind of come up with a process and I, I get a little bit of help from one of my virtual assistants, but, um, 
at the end of the day, I still have to, you know, sit down and, and do it myself. And so it gets done. Yeah. So a question about that. Is that like educational about where this wine came from, wine process, tasting notes, what what's in that newsletter? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's kind of a little bit of every, so it's, it's administrative, right. Mm -hmm. Talking about kind of things that's going on with the club and the offer and, you know, um, you know, this month we have these wines or whatever. Um, and then there's the, to me, the fun part is the, the, the actual content itself of, you know, talking about the winery this month, talking about the history, talking about the winemaker, my personal, I give my personal tasting notes in that, in that email. Um, you're not going to get those, I put notes out, some notes out on, on social media just to be able to help promote the, promote this, the club and, and sell the wines. But, um, I give all my, all my detailed notes are, you know, only my club members get those. And so, um, that's, that's really, uh, that to me is the fun part is sitting down again to write those notes. And so, um, that's, that's where, um, that's where I, I like to spend most of my time is, is work on that vice, the administrative stuff of, Hey, yeah. you're getting three wines this month or, or, you know, you need to go here and sign up for that or whatever. I get it. Um, how do you take in new information, books, audiobooks, podcast? What's your favorite intake? Yeah, uh, definitely audio. Um, I do a lot of podcasts and, um, probably a lot of, a lot of books on audible. Um, and then I, I got to have, I'm, I'm a little bit of a slower processor. So I need time and space to kind of process through everything and kind of synthesize what I, what I read or what I heard, what I learned. Yeah. Um, and my, the best way to do that for me is, is going for walks, um, especially, you know, going for a ruck or whatever, you know, something like that. So that's, that's the best way for me to kind of piece together. All right, this is what I learned. Now, what do I do with it? Yep. Perfect. Uh, I'm the same exact way. Um, what is your favorite social media platform and where can people find you? Yeah. Uh, Instagram, uh, is, is my favorite best way to connect with me, uh, just at the real Chris Levy and that's K R I S L E V Y. Um, yeah, I love to connect with, uh, you know, anyone listening to the podcast, um, you know, feel free to, to send me a message, you know, uh, it'd be awesome if you, you know, if, while you're listening to the episode, if you screenshot it and tag, tag Ryan and myself, but um, I love connecting with people. I uh, love answering wine questions or business questions in general. I love it. And just to reiterate, the podcast is Everyday Wine with Chris Levy. I'll put that down in the notes, but uh, just go look it up. Give it a subscribe and listen to a couple of the episodes. I know I will. Um, like I said, I'm passionate about the beer and spirits world. I wish I knew wine better. I grew up in Italy, so I really should. But I'm like, oh, Cabernet sure. <laughs> so, um, I will give you a follow and, uh, I look forward to learning from you. So that's all I got. If, uh, do you have anything else to parting words for the audience? No, Ryan, I, I really appreciate this. Um, I love, love the questions you asked and, um, excited to uh, connect with your audience. Yep. Thank you. I appreciate your time and folks that is it for this episode. I will catch you next time. This episode of Behind the Business Curtain is brought to you by Build Online. Build Online is your one-stop shop for web development and mobile app design, and they're ready to bring your app idea to life. Their process starts with a one-day in-person blueprint meeting where they get clear on your goal and vision for the project, 
and it ends with an MVP app that's ready to launch and market. Build Online offers you access to a full team of developers and designers, along with a dedicated project manager that will own your vision for the project and give you weekly updates, so you're never in the dark. At Build Online, they don't do project-based billing or long-term contracts. You just review the completed work and pay an invoice every two weeks, avoiding the traditional money pit model that may have bitten you in the past. Book a call with me at buildonline.io, and we can figure out a plan to bring your app idea to life.